Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, best-selling author of Endeavor and founder of Creative on Purpose. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest. Jude Charles, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where we can connect with you to learn more. Awesome. Scott, thank you for having me. My name is Jude Charles, and I am a brand strategist and story-driven filmmaker. So I help entrepreneurs bring their stories to life so that they're able to connect with um, the right clients, so that they're able to grow their business and be able to turn skeptics into raving fans. Fantastic. Where can people connect with you to learn more? To learn more about me, it's simple. Just go to my website. My website is judecharles.co, and that's where you can see some of the other stories that I've told of entrepreneurs and um, be able to connect with me there as well. It's a really, really smart looking site. I, I spent some time there in preparation for this and it's really well done. And there's uh, some great video. Several of my heroes appeared in that video. So I was really pleased to see that. I'll just leave that for you, the viewers, to uh, go ch- as enticement to go check it out. So visual storyteller is is what I kind of pulled from uh, everything I saw. What, it, what What is story to you, Jude? And what is the, how does story in general differ from being a visual storyteller? Story to me is being able to bring someone else into your world, being able to show them who you are, what you stand for, and what you believe in. Um, And normally we can do that through story format. So the difference is, in my opinion, the difference is going from just saying, hey, I'm great, and you can trust me, to telling a story about a time when something difficult happened and you were able to help a family member get through that time. That to me tells more of a story of who you are and what you're able to do and what you believe in than simply just telling me facts, just telling me statements, right? Um, And so stories take us on a journey. They allow us to travel into your mind. They allow us to travel into your world. Um, And that is essentially what I do with the clients that I work with. So visual storytelling or video storytelling is being able to take that thing that you say out of your mouth and turning that into something that we can now see and have perspective on what it is that you're talking about. Because I could say that the shirt you're wearing, Scott, is a burgundy shirt, right? Um, I could say that, but then I can show the video and obviously on Facebook Live, people are able to get, they're able to see that. Um, And so with video, you're able to take words and turn them into something that people can actually see and not have their own interpretation, which you're giving them that interpretation to have. So it's, um, I'm really fascinated by this topic right now because I'm getting ready to, to work with Bernadette Jiwa. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her work, but I am. Yeah. Um, Story Driven and The Right Story are her two most recent books, which I've been diving into. And um, we're getting ready to um, work on a course with her in the Akimba workshops. And, um, you know, I see a lot of alignment in what you just said with with what she's saying and things that I've also read in Stephen Pressfield's work um, and obviously my friend and mentor, Seth Godin. Um, and I, I actually unpack it a little bit in Endeavor where I um, talk about choose your story, choose your future. And this idea of human beings have always connected and collaborated and communicated through narrative. Nobody cares about features and benefits. You you don't sell anything by listing features and benefits. You sell 
by telling compelling stories to people that need to hear them so that their lives will be enhanced by them. What I love about what you do is something that we address in the marketing seminar, um, which I coach in, is this idea that the, the visual image can actually say things that words that, that, that are difficult to convey in words. And the thing about pictures as well, or, or video, um, is that it's a little bit more invitational because it allows the person on the receiving end of the story to lean in and, and interpret what's going on. Um, so, but obviously with your work, there's a little bit of both. Am I correct? You're, you have visual images and then sometimes those visual images are doing the talking and sometimes it's a backdrop for talking that's going over. How do you, how do you decide, you know, how you're going to, which perspective you're going to kind of leverage in, in the production side of, of your work? Usually I decide by first working with the client and figuring out um, what is their end game? What is their goal, right? So it, what I start with is a road, what I call a road mapping strategy session. And that is figuring out, we start with the end in mind. What do you ultimately want the person watching this? How do you want them to feel? What do you want them to think? What do you want them to do? Um, and so I start with that. I start with, so for, I'll give you an example. Like let's say the end game or the end goal is to be able to work with the right type of client right? You may have been building a great business. You've been doing it for five, six years, but you still, every now and then you'll get a client that's just not the right fit, but you'll take it because it's, it's money that's coming in through the door, right? But you, you're at your core, you no longer want to do that. You don't want to take on the bad clients. Mm -hmm. In order to attract the right person to you and repel the wrong person, it starts with telling the right story, um, and so if I know that going into it, then I can make the decision on what kind of story do we tell at this point? Um, do we tell the story of how you got started in business? Do we tell the story of, often I'll start the road mapping session with, uh, I'm sure you're familiar, Simon Sinek, start with why. Why are you doing this, right? Like, obviously there's people that do the same thing, but have different whys. And so I, I'll start with that. I'll start with the end in mind. I'll start with why. And that's kind of what leads me to, this is how I want to tell this story. This is how we're gonna choose the different perspectives of this story. I love that. So start with the end in mind is also um, at the heart of uh, Stephen Pressfield's book. Um, no one, nobody wants to read your expletive. Um, and, uh, you know, he, it, and it, it comes from his, his experience as a script writer for movies where you start at the climactic moment and then you work your way, you know, you work your way back to the beginning of the story so that you have a clear destination in mind that you're heading to. And I think that's um, just wanted to highlight that because you're saying that is just further proof that it's really important to know what you're aiming at. Absolutely. <laughs> you Absolutely. can't, you can't get to a destination that you haven't yet defined or, or um, articulated. Um, the other thing that you you said that I want to highlight is the idea that storytelling enables us to connect with the right people, and it also helps us encourage the wrong people to move along, or perhaps we can even help you know direct them to where where there might be a better fit. And people generally, especially those at the beginning of an entrepreneurial, freelancer, or you know creative um, uh, vocation journey lose track of that. I know and as a musician, 
you know, at the beginning, you're pretty much grateful to take any gig that comes your way. Um, you know, even the holiday in lounges and, and the crappy bar gigs, uh, just cause, and, and I think there, there's probably a, a place in a person's journey for just doing work wherever you can do it. But at some point you do have to make that distinction about like, who are you really for? And you, it's interesting that you mentioned Simon Sinek because I'm a, a huge fan of, of um, the TED Talk, Start With Why. And, and I love a lot of his work since then. I've um, come to the conclusion that why is, you know, intention and purpose is obviously really important. But even more important is that component that you were just kind of addressing and that I'm suggesting. It's like the who, like, who are you and who are you for? Who, right. who is the right person? for you to work with. And I think of, of that as being connected to Seth Godin's work and tribes and so forth. Um, and it's ultimately, if I, if I might add, it's ultimately like playing the game that you want to play. Right. Um, you know, I, the other day, so I cycle as a form of exercise and I'll go on like two, three hour rides cycling. Right. And so, and I know you run, so, but I cycle instead, I don't like running, but um, the other day I was uh, cycling and passing a school, a high school. And, um, I was hearing this noise, but I was wearing my headphones. So I'm like, the noise isn't coming from my headphones. I'm like, where's this noise coming from? It sounded like an instrument, but it was a Saturday. The school was closed. And so um, the closer I got to the school, I get to like the back of the stands. And I happen to look up and it's this kid sitting there. And I look closer and it's, it's a kid playing the trumpet and he's rehearsing the trumpet on a Saturday in the football stands. Mm. And it instantly clicked for me. Like he's envisioning himself on game day, playing in the stands and he's rehearsing and he wants to rehearse it as if it's real life. He made a decision on a Saturday afternoon to play the game that he wants to play, to really be prepared, right? And so it's the same way in business. It's the same way for entrepreneurs. When you make a decision to be in business, it's not to struggle. It's not to um, you know, say that you wake up every morning and you're dreading having to go to work. It's all about living the life that you want to live. Mm -hmm. So it's up to us to play the game that we want to play. Um, and usually that's by the time that an entrepreneur comes to work with me, they're at that point where it's like, I want to continue. It's either I want to continue playing the game that I've been playing at a higher level, or I want to get to that point. Like I've grown the business to six figures. I've grown the business to seven figures, but I want to play a different game at this point. Um, and so that, yeah, as you mentioned before, that's why it's important to really take a step back and figure out what is your purpose? Why are you doing this? And really start with why. Yeah, I love it. I love the the idea of choosing your game and, and seeing seeing life and work as a game. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite books, which I've never actually fully read, I just know all the jokes, um, is infinite The Infinite Game versus, uh, or Infinite and Finite Games, uh, Richard, Richard Kars or John Kars. Um, but yeah, the idea of like, you know, are, are you in the competitive cutthroat game of, you know, winning by whatever means necessary? Are you in the infinite game of being able to, you know, can, where the, the goal is really to just be able to continue to play in the, the effort of becoming better and helping others, um, do the same. That's the young man that you referenced, uh, is going to be, uh, a young man worth paying attention to, I would guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I love that kind of story. And then this other, one of the things I, I noticed in looking at your site and seeing some of the, the, the people that you've worked with, um, you know, you're, you're definitely working with some 
very, some, some of them are high profile, um, but I assume that they're all um, very successful and prospering and thriving in their enterprise. And I know as a guitar instructor that some of the, the, the greatest lessons that I have learned have come from the people that I'm working with who are theoretically my students, but oftentimes turn into my teachers. And I'm, I'm guessing that some of the people that, um, that you've worked with have either directly or, or informally been mentors of, of such. Are there any examples of that or, or, or am I off base? No, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I thought about this the other day. I think a common thread that I have with clients that I tend to attract is that they're relentless. I'm working on a documentary series now called that. It's called mm -hmm. Relentless, and it's for a client um, named Tracy Lynn. And it's about her story of how she's built this um, big business, a direct selling business with 35,000 consultants. But wow. the journey to get there was not easy, right? And so I think even as we were filming the documentary, there's a moment in the documentary, um, and I won't ruin the ending, but there's a moment where um, the fulfillment center that actually sells her products, that ships out her products, goes out of business. Oh, wow. And to see the behind the scenes of what she does to get her business back on track, to figure out how she's gonna remove $5 million worth of jewelry from this fulfillment center in order to continue her business, like. To, to think through that, to see what's happening. Um, to me, it's what I call the dramatic demonstration of proof of what it means to be relentless, right? And those are the stories that I tend to get over and over. Um, another client of mine has been Steve Harvey. And Steve Harvey has such a beautiful story about, um, you know, being homeless for three years, going after his dreams, almost giving up, like li literally almost giving up. And that's part of the story that we tell in the, the video that I created for him. It's a day that He's in the hotel, cleaning up, washing up in bathrooms. And he, you know, he's, he's sick and tired of doing this. He's ashamed. He's sick and tired of doing it. It almost gives up, sits on the toilet, starts sobbing, starts crying. And he, he hears the voice of God that tells him, hey, if you just do this one more time, I'll take mm -hmm. you to places that you've never been to, places that you've never even dreamed about going. Um, and it was ultimately the following day that he gets a call to be on, to be the host on the uh, Showtime at the Apollo. Right. And so it's but it's that story of being relentless, three years being homeless, traveling from show to show, having to get on stage and still hold it together, knowing that you don't have a place to stay. You're sleeping in your car. That's hard. That's hard. But those are the stories that stick with me. Yeah. Um, and those are the stories that I take with me that are kind of like my own mentorship as I'm 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 getting to see a different behind the scenes of these clients. Um, but I love seeing it because it helps me grow as well. And so, yeah, definitely, my clients have been mentors to, uh, to helping me grow. I was I was just blown away when I saw the footage of Steve Harvey because, uh, you know, I've always loved his stand up and you know his comedy, and of course, you know, I'm aware that he's um, the host on a wheel of not a wheel, uh, Family Feud family because feud, yeah. there's hilarious things on social media where <laughs> that are. Very entertaining if you have a, a moment to spare. But so one of the things that happened though was, um, and I'm not sure how I came across it, but um, he also has this career as a motivational speaker. And I mean, he is, you know, he is in, definitely in the tradition of Les Brown and Zig Ziglar and all, you know, all the greats, um, but really, really uh, compelling and engaging. And, uh, you know, I find myself every once in a while just sneaking a peek. Uh, for a little kind of pick me up. Um, but I love 
what you were just saying about his story, because I had this idea that, so in Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art, he talks about turning pro. That's like the, the, the middle passage of, of The War of Art is, you know, you have to first deal with the resistance, which is all the fear, doubt, self-destructive behavior, you know, and all that. And, um, but you have to actually turn pro before you are a pro before you're, before you're ready, you have to act as if you are ready. Um, and the story that you're telling, you know, I, I, about Steve Harvey kind of like not having a home to go to, but he gets on stage and he does his job because that's what pros do. They do their job. Uh, and it's true too, of even, you know, when you're scrubbing toilets, I mean, we, we think that our, we think that meaning comes from the work that we're doing, but you can find meaning and and bring meaning in any any kind of work because you it's done through the work. It's not extracted from from the work. It goes back to our conversation of starting with a why. Like if you know why you get up every morning to scrub toilets, if you know that you're sacrificing um, for your kids, right? Then you go do it with a different purpose. And you don't do it at thinking about this is beneath me or this, I shouldn't be doing this. You do it so that you're building a future, you're building a legacy for your children that they understand hard work, right? Like my father growing up, my father worked two jobs. He worked for 30 years as a construction worker. And then on the weekends, he worked as a private driver, right? But that taught me the value of hard work, like doing whatever it takes to be able to provide for your family, right? Um, and, And even as I grew this business that I'm in now, like being willing to take the crappy jobs in the beginning, like we talked about earlier, right? But knowing that it was going to lead me to the storytelling that I really ultimately wanted to tell. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. If you start with why, you start with that purpose. Scrubbing toilets doesn't matter if it means it'll give you the work ethic that you need to run a multi-million dollar business. Yeah. I I, I, I think... I wonder if it can't be both. I mean, sometimes it's, I mean, sometimes we can't define our passion or, or our purpose before we do something. I know that in terms of studies on passion, that it's revealed that, that like only 20% of the people surveyed can identify a passion, um, which means that there's like 80% of the people in the world are kind of feeling a little bit of shame because they don't know, you know, they don't know what they're passionate about, but, you know, purpose and passion, um, if you don't have it, you can find it just by doing something. I was speaking to this today and uh, Facebook live I did where if you don't know what to do, do something because yeah. by doing something, you will bring in information <laughs> that right. you can process and um, you can refine. And, you know, you and I were speaking about this broadcast, you know, you, you said, why do you do this? And I said, cause I didn't know what else to do. So I did this. And um, by talking to smart people like yourself and driven people and successful people, I kind of eventually arrived at, the the brand and the work that I do at Creative on Purpose. So, just a, a message to 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 kind of underline there. I would love to um, change subjects a little bit, and just because I think, um, you know, we've been talking about person, purpose, and passion, and mentorship, and learning. Um, one of the greatest teachers, I think, is um, adversity, and so. Anybody involved in any kind of creative enterprise, especially if it's entrepreneurial or freelance related, is going to go through some challenges, misfortunes, and come up up against some obstacles. So I'm wondering if there's a moment 
that you could share with us where you, you know, were challenged or maybe even at the time felt like you failed or other people felt like you failed, but from which you extracted a really important lesson um, that has propelled you forward since. Absolutely. You know, I, that brings me to uh, a day that I'll never forget. Um, for me, the first five years of business was hard. I started this business at 17 and it was a teacher, Mrs. Donnelly, who uh, saw a talent in me and said, hey, you should start a business. And she didn't just say, hey, you should start a business. The following day, she bought my first set of business cards. But at 17, I didn't know what it meant to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what it meant to run a business, how to do sales and marketing. So the first five years, I struggled to make money. And it wasn't until I started working with um, an entrepreneur by the name of Keisha Dior. And she was building a cosmetic company from the ground, like starting from scratch. And we were, I was creating the documentary for that. It was called Building the Brand. And I remember there was a day where I... Um, I was sitting in my room, sitting on the edge of the bed and thinking to myself, like, all right, it's been five years. Like, what are you doing? Is, are you, you're not making much money. Yeah, you're kind of in the field that you want to be in, but what are you really doing? And in that moment, I had been sitting there for maybe 30 minutes at that point, and I get a phone call from Keisha. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be talking to a client right now. I'm not in the right mm -hmm. headspace. Um, but I happened to pick up. I decided to pick up the phone. And I'm like, hello? And she says, and you can hear the excitement as soon as she speaks. Jude, Jude, like, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. And I'm like, what happened, Keisha? She's like, I just got off the phone with my accountant. And, you know, I've been doing this for 12 months. I've been building the business for 12 months. And you won't believe I've made a million dollars in gross sales, obviously. And I remember pulling the phone away from my ear, just looking at it like, is this really happening right now? Here I am struggling with my own thoughts of quitting and not making enough money. And I get a client that tells me through the work that we've been doing together, she's made a million dollars. And I remember thinking in that moment, like, all right, something, something's got to change here because, you know, Tony Robbins talks about, um, ask yourself better questions because when you do, you find a different perspective. And for me, I had a vision. I had a vision of how I wanted to run the company. I had a vision of making money. I had a vision of, okay, I started this at a really young age. I've got a head start, but I didn't have the right perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I, in that moment, I started asking myself a different question. What would it take for me to make a million dollars? What could I do differently? What worked here that helped her make a million dollars? Um, and it's in that moment that I finally felt like I had stopped drowning. Like, okay, I had, I have the blueprint. If she was able to do this and I got to see it every day for the, I ended up working with her for three years and I got to see it every day. I've got the blueprint so I could create my own roadmap. Right. And so, um, literally for the following three to four years, I started going to, uh, workshops, doing courses, asking for help, um, but in that moment, it was about changing my perspective because vision shows vision can you can see, right? Like, obviously, I'm wearing glasses. I can see we all have eyes. We can see. But the glasses gives you the right perspective, because if just because you can see doesn't mean you can read. Right. And so if you're able to read where you're going, if you're able to read, OK, something's happening here. How do I read this? So I know what to do next. That changes your perspective. 
and allows you to actually accomplish your vision. Um, and so for me, that's what, that was the biggest lesson. It was about perspective. And from that day on, everything that I've done, there's a much bigger, there's a vision, but there's, for me, it's always about what's the perspective here? How do I move forward with what I'm seeing? Um, because we can both, again, I, I kind of started with that in the beginning. We can both look at that shirt and, and I'd call it burgundy, but you might call it a different color, right? But it's all about perspective. Um, being on this podcast, right, is I, one person can look at it as, oh, that's just a podcast. They're just doing an interview. I'm, I look at it as a great opportunity to be able to share my story and share the story of my clients. It's perspective. We're both seeing the same thing, but we're reading it differently. Um, and that, that's the biggest lesson for me. I love it. I've been doing a lot of deep thinking around this idea. Um, so a couple things that I've noticed. One, one is um, we're really good at helping other people see what they don't see. And we are really lousy at seeing what we don't see. And so, yeah. you know, those moments when somebody uh, very generously and, and maybe even, you know, bravely tells, shows us, reveals to us what we don't see uh-huh. in terms of how we, we are getting in our own way um, can be yeah, really, really yeah. profound. Um, yeah. the, the moment for me was Michael Bungay staying here saying to me, Scott, you're a great guy and I see you want to do great things in the world, but if you don't figure out how to fund this thing, you are going to burn out and die and then you will be of no use to anybody. So get, and he, again, expletive, get your together and uh, figure out how this thing is is going to fund um, your life. And, and, and that was the moment for me. I, I realized I was hesitating about, you know, charging money for what I was already doing and really good at. Um, And that just, so maybe this brings us to our last point before the final question. It reveals to me how important it is to surround yourself with other people. Um, Again, the right people. Uh, So, you know, we need to cultivate habits that keep us moving forward and that promote our happiness and healthiness um, and that, you know, help, help us stay on track and all that. Who are the, who are the people in your life uh, right now that are, that are helping you uh, keep your aim and keep making progress towards your goals? You know, there are, there are a few people. Um, There are people, there are clients, obviously I've talked about that before. Um, There are mentors that I reach out to different type of mentors that I reach out to um, in different fields. Um, There is, um, a colleague that I meet with every month, um, where we're both in the same field doing s- similar work, um, but we just kind of mastermind together and figure out, okay, how do we, how do we take this to the next step? And it's kind of the same thing you're talking about, right? Like I look into his business and say, hey, this is what you're missing, and he looks into mine and says, this is what you're missing. Um, but it's, it, I think I learned a long time ago. It was, it was for me, it was never going to be one person. I needed to have almost a community of different mm-hmm. people. In- that have different visions, right? That have different perspectives that come from different backgrounds um, that would help me see things in a different way that I won't even see it. Even though I'm a big dreamer, I'm a big thinker, um, even ways that I wouldn't even see it. Um, And so, yeah, it's a community of just different people that I know are headed in the direction. We may not, we're not doing similar work with different fields, different industries. Um, I take, I take the idea. I read this a long time ago and I forget what book it was, but it was, we all know the story of, Tom, of, of uh, Mr. Ford. I can't remember his first name, but Mr. Ford had the car company, right? Mm-hmm. When they took it to the next level, it was uh, when he went to a meat factory and saw what they were doing on the assembly line. And he took that same idea in a meat industry and brought it to the car industry. That's kind of the same thing that I do when I'm looking at 
going to the next level, growing my business. I look at, okay, what is this industry doing in their field and how can I apply it to what I'm doing in my field? Um, and that's how I've come up with things like road mapping, right? Because um, that's not known in my industry to work with a client and do a strategy session beforehand. Um, it's like also a dramatic demonstration of proof, my own methodology that I've kind of created for the video stories that I tell. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a long time ago, I just realized I need to look at this from a lot of different perspectives in order to come back and mold it together into what, ultimately playing the game that I want to play. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So for 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 Scott Perry, it's it's the Scott Perry project requires a lot of people. Scott Perry needs a lot of help. So I, I do a lot of reaching out, but I, you know, it's it's always mutually uh beneficial. But I love what you said about um people from other domains or from other industries or perspectives because it's so helpful. Everybody can can have uh something to say that's useful. Um, uh, uh, when it comes to taking a look at your work. So I'd love to end this, uh, these conversations with the last question. And that is, what's a, a tip or piece of advice that you'd like to leave listeners with if they are looking to fly higher in an endeavor that makes a difference? It's really simple. It's one that changed my life, I think. Um, but it's simple. It's read. Read a lot of books. If you can't find mentors, if you can't find different perspectives, if you can't, if you, let's just say in the community that you live in, it's, there just aren't any entrepreneurs. There aren't people that's doing really great things. Um, there are a lot of great mentors in books, right? We can reach Seth Godin through his books. We can reach um, people like Warren Buffett. I read his autobiography recently. We can reach that through his books, right? And so read because it, you know, I loved reading as a kid. I got older and stopped reading as much, but I noticed that when I started reading during that transition period, I've been doing this for 13 years. And during that transition period um, where I failed for the first five years, I started reading again. And I realized that my mind was expanded and I made more money because of it. But not, it's not even about the money. It's just about growing. And you can grow through reading a lot of books. I love it. Well, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Jude and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. And um, we hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Jude at judecharles.co. There you go. And of course, it's always great to see you at becreativeonpurpose.com. Now, go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Jude, Charles, thanks so much for being on the broadcast today. Thank you for having me, Scott.